that we're looking at now, I, I, I can't even consider the other offer, uh, Mr. Chairman and, and Wes and Allison, because I don't think it's a serious offer. It's completely 100% out of step with the master plan. It loads up the field with a bunch of single family residences, houses, no area for job growth. Commissioner Jeff Bergash talking during the Escambia County Commission agenda review session last Thursday about the newest offer on the table for OLF8 that would, as he said, not fit with the master plan, not do what basically the compromise struck would want to accomplish in terms of having, yes, housing, and yes, job creation, and yes, town center, and all the different things that kind of have gone into that plan, a hard-won compromise between a variety of different interests. And uh, he says this new plan, no, no, not interested. And I think that what's what's been going on. We listened to the um, uh, the guy talk about the uh, you know the alternative proposal that he had brought forward. And um, generally speaking, the gist of it was, hey, I've been working on this for over a year trying to put this together, but I didn't have a backer. Now I've got a backer, and here it is. And I haven't been able to enter into a bunch of the different particular discussions or announce to people because we didn't have any kind of an agreement with the county. Uh, but here, give me a minute. I don't want you to sign up with this Fred Hammer guy uh, just yet. That that was that's a very very rough shorthand version of what happened. And over the course of the day, both in the agenda review session and then in the night session, they kind of said, "Well, no, <laughs> keep 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 trying, but you know if you like, but no." And I did think there was there was a lot of interesting stuff in this conversation. For example, we heard from Jeff Bergash that uh, Commissioner Bergash District One that. Um, the goal in his mind of enticing job creating companies to come to the 250 acres that the county wants to hang on to out of that project for that reason particularly and if you don't remember the history here part of the reason they want to hang on to it is because uh you know the 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 new law that the Florida legislature passed last year made it so that if somebody buys property that's not zoned for residential it doesn't matter they can make it residential I mean, that's the short version. I mean, you know, if, if they buy industrial property, if they buy commercial property, um, they can turn it to houses right away. And so if the county sells all of the property and says, hey, make it into, you know, businesses, well, the developer can be like, screw you, I don't care. I can make it in jobs. That's what the state told us last year. So they want to hold on to the property so that they can guarantee that the use is actually for what it's meant for. What I thought was fascinating is that in Bergash's mind, we're going to have to offer incentives in addition to having bought this property, developed this property, gone through all of this trouble of making, you know, and, and I just mean this as a contrast with, you know, in Santa Rosa County where we've got these, you know, like they can't build commercial industrial parks fast enough off of 87 for all the companies that want to come and move in there. And I don't think, unless I'm mistaken, and, you know, Shannon Ogletree listens to the show and people from Santa Rosa listen to the show, they can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they're offering incentives. I think they're just, we've got a good product. So this is a weird admission that the OLF8 product that's so highly touted over all these years 
may not be quite as good as the commissioners had thought initially. I'm certain we will be able to fill them up with jobs. We don't have a lot of available parcels that close to the interstate where we can add some e-dates and incentives to bring businesses here. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, that's the pain part, right? Like, this should be just a great spot. This should be fantastic. And we got an interstate interchange coming off of Beulah Road and on and on and then... But then his thinking again, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's right or wrong uh, in having it. I'm assuming, you know, but th- it's a weird position to take before we've even got the property to say, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. We can fill it with jobs as long as we throw them cash money and tax incentives. Uh, what? That's weird. Um, so Stephen Barry, that one of the conversations that they were having was about how much of a down payment, basically. And would that down payment have to be, you know, would it be able to be refundable or not? And, you know, as Stephen Barry said, look, we can, you know, charge them $10 million as a deposit uh, against a, you know, $20 million or $25 million project. But if they get that $10 million back in 90 days or six months after they decide not to do the deal, it doesn't really matter. You know, earnest money is only really earnest money if it's non-refundable. And that has been a little bit of a sticking point. Fred Hemmer, meanwhile, he's the guy kind of behind the main proposal that they're looking to accept. Once we have an LOI signed, now that, that money's really going to go out the door here sure. because it's going to be costly to, to negotiate a contract. And then to start the due diligence work, the consultants we will get involved to do that, we are going to have a lot of money in this deal. We could have a lot of money in here and then say it didn't work. You know, so we will have money hard on this deal, maybe not to the county, but from our investors, we're, we're spending money. Well, I mean... You know, that's not what the counterparty in a contract considers hard money. It's spent money. It's dead money. Right. But it's not hard money. Yeah. And what he's getting at is, you know, the semi-criticism that you guys aren't really invested in this, not yet. And he said, well, we have been spending money and getting these proposals together. And as soon as we start really negotiating and we have a letter of of interest or intent, we'll start spending money a lot more. And Stephen Barry's like, yeah, but I'm the seller. What do I care about the cost you're incurring in order to make the deal happen on your side? I want to know what I get out of it. So the money involved is um, here. Is actually, Jeff uh, Bergash gave a good summary of the money so far to date. You know, we're still in this thing for about fourteen point six million. I mean, we did we did sell the hundred acres in Navy Federal. So if if we're able to make a deal with you at twenty million or more, I just want the taxpayers to know that would be this board um, making a good deal and returning money to the local option sales tax fund, which could be used in all of our districts. Jeff, yeah. I thought we were in about 17 or 18 million. Yeah, yeah we were, but we've already sold 4.2 million back. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were 18 and a half, 18.6, we sold the 100 acres. So we're about, you know, 14.6 million in, so. Well, you'll have your money back and you'll have the 250 acres. And, and that's actually a crucial point is, yeah, we would be back with all of our sunk costs returned and also still retain control of the 250 acres, right? You know, you're you're not just up money, you're up money, you're up money and footprint, right? Um, so that's, you know, that's a good note, assuming it all comes to pass. And that's always, you know, kind of the background asterisk on all of this. The the selling off he's talking about is the 100 acres that was sold to Navy Federal to make that new park on the west side of the campus. It's a public park that has a lot of great amenities. More on that later. Uh, then in the night meeting, that was the morning meeting. Then in the night meeting, we had Fred Hemmer showed up again because they were going to make a decision about whether to enter into contract negotiations with anybody uh, to, you know, refine the details and come to an actual agreement. And then this morning we heard you. Um, we heard you. We went back. 
We made changes, we submitted them back to you. So we heard you say uh, the, the tennis courts, we put it back in there. We heard you say uh, a, a lower period of time for the due diligence. That's Will Dunaway's, I, I believe that's who that was. Um, I have it in my notes as Fred Hammer, but that's not that's not his voice. Um, and then, you know, the, one of the comments that came along was, you keep seeming to go back and forth with other people and then dicker with us and then dicker with them and working through this, what appears and is feeling like a slow auction. <laughs> um, and, and we're responding, but we're trying to get a deal. We're trying to be a good faith all, um, partner in this. We're trying to listen to what you say. Yeah, <laughs> it's a slow speed auction. You know, it's not hammering, hammering, hammering. Do I hear 20? Do I hear 20? 20? I hear 21 minus 200 acres. You know, it's not that speed. But in effect, you're kind of getting Fred and his organization to bid against other organizations as they come in and join the party or try to join the party. And basically, he's like, yeah, this just isn't right in the long run. You, you just can't really do things this way. You know, I, I don't know if there's anything else we can do at this point. And Jeff, I know you said you thought there maybe was another offer or somebody coming in on Monday. Monday. And yeah, Monday. You know, at some point, we've got to ask ourselves, at what point does, does this stop? You know, and the, uh, the slow auction is a, is a good <laughs> term for, I think, what's been going on here. It, it is, actually. That's, that's pretty fair. So, um, in the end, what do they decide to do? So the motion I would make is, you know, that we authorize Allison and Wes to go ahead and take this LOI and work with, uh, with Fred Hemmer and, and Beulah Town Center LLC to craft something that, um, that would be acceptable to the board, including the contract terms, uh, with the goal of trying to bring something back to this board, a contract that we could that we could uh, approve uh, by the end of March. Which they did approve, four to zero, easy peasy. Uh, so that doesn't mean it's done. We've gone into contract negotiations before and it didn't pan out. I, I feel pretty optimistic about this. It's going to be, you know, the question is always in the details. And the commissioners have said that they want things like a six-month due diligence period down from, I think he had wanted nine or ten months originally. Uh, that's how long will the pro, pro, will the thing be tied up and nobody else can really do anything with it or offer to do anything with it, um, you know, while they study. How much do they pay for that six months? You know, how much of that money do they put down? And how much of that is refundable if they decide no versus not refundable at all? Commissioners are pretty, uh, you know, adamant about that. And I get both sides. I mean, both sides are have some merit to it. The, the county wants to make sure that you can't just tie it up for six months, look real good, and then decide nothing, and then we're out whatever might have come along in those six months. But the investor wants to make sure that, you know, they don't give up too much in the contract uh, as far as the down payment and the obligations that makes it impossible for them to do their job to make sure it's a good investment and then cost them too much money in the consequence if they decide it's not a good investment, right? I mean, both sides, there's, you know, merit to both sides. So in the end, what are we going to get? We'll know soon enough, I guess. You know, through March, they're going to find out, and then we'll have a contract to look at, and we'll, you know, we... I feel weirdly optimistic that we're on the right path now because, you know, the sort of citizen side of this discussion, the commissioner side of this discussion, the developer side of this discussion are all generally in agreement, and it's really a matter of the details, whereas before I felt like there was not as much general agreement and it was details and substance. But, you know, time will tell. We'll see. 521 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay.
Is your house making you sick? Learn about the hazards lurking in your home that can affect your health due to high humidity levels and excess moisture. High humidity levels and excess moisture inside the home are the leading cause of insect infestation, mold, mildew, musty odors, and fungi, which can result in making you sick. Condensations on windows and vents, blistering or peeling paint, and cupping of hardwood floors are all signs of high humidity levels and excess moisture. Learn more today at 9 on Pep Talk with Lisa Murphy from Southern Climate Solutions. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. And now, during our President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add any base. Ends Monday. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, it's Joe Montana. Spreading the word about pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can be life-threatening. If you're 65 or older like me, you're at increased risk. So, what's the game plan? A strong defense. Pneumococcal pneumonia can strike at any time in any season, so you shouldn't wait to help protect yourself. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about vaccination today and learn more at knownemonia.com. That's K-N-O-W pneumonia.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Are you typical of Earth women? I'm about average. I do have to ask the question. Raise your hand if you know the movie. <laughs> I, I bet there are some people who know it, know it, and I bet there are some people who are like, I think that sounds like Jane Fonda. And then there are people who are like, nah, I have no idea. I don't care. Just move on. Uh, Barbarella. Barbarella. 523 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. If you need that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great source of good quality, almost new cars. You know Dave Ramsey recommends them for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is because they specialize in the kind of car that makes sense per his financial guidance, which is buy something that's not brand new but that will last you a long time. And, you know, they specialize in, say, a car that's two or three years old with low miles. And you buy that car and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to put repair money into it. Right, because the trade-off is if you get an older car, it's cheaper on the front, but then it has ongoing repairs, right, which can be pretty expensive. So you buy a car that's a couple years old or one year old. That's what I do. We bought a Honda Odyssey from them, and then you know we haven't had to do any repair work on it because it's a, basically a brand new car. And that was golly, what five years ago, six years ago now. Anyway, uh, so that's what they specialize in: three hundred cars, trucks, vans, SUVs on the lot. You can side by side compare as many of them as you like, drive as many as you like. If they have what you want, get it. If they don't have what you want, they can get it for you. That's how they work. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years. Behind the Big Buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Steve Taylor is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning and happy Valentine's Day. Oh, well, what'd you get me? <laughs> well, well, I've got to work on something for my <laughs> wife. You know, because Just as long Valentine's as it's not Day. those stupid little tasteless heart things that have weirdly offensive messages on them. As long as it's not Actually, that, we're good. I, I like those things. Okay. Yeah. 
You find yourself eating food that doesn't taste like food a lot? That's basically a sugar high, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas deserves to be impeached. That's according to Speaker Mike Johnson, the first cabinet official to be impeached since 1870s. Uh, Mayorkas faced scrutiny from Republicans over his handling of the southern border. Those things are now heading to the Senate, where an acquittal is almost certain. This is a... Well, yeah, I mean, you said acquittal and threw me off. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, no, um, yeah. they they probably won't even hear it in the Senate. They they just probably TP it and right. ignore yeah. it, yeah, and yeah, who yeah. cares? Right. What's what's amazing to me about this is, yeah, it's totally not partisan. So you failed to get the vote by what four last time due right. to technicality. Yeah, you did get the vote last night due to one because Speaker, you know, because Scalise is back. Right, and now that George Santos' seat is gone and a Democrat is in, you probably couldn't get it once he's been seated. That's and you're going to tell me this isn't part? Is is completely partisan? Right. The Democrats are right. It's a hundred percent. Part of the, sorry, go ahead, Steve. That's okay. Well, speaking of uh, that New York uh, congressional race, uh, Democrat Tom Swazi has won back the seat he vacated back in 2022 for an unsuccessful run for governor and, of course, was filled by George Santos until his expulsion on December 1st. He defeated Republican NASA legislator Mazzy Phillip. And just in time for Valentine's Day, billboards ranked the top 50 songs of the words love in the title. See, the top five are 1976, Silly Love Songs by Wings. Yeah. <laughs> Got tired of that one. That's the top? That's, yeah, this is number five. Oh, all right. We're Go cutting on. them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We Found Love by Rihanna. Uh, How Deep Is Your Love? How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. I'll Make Love To You by Boys to Men. And number one, guess what it is? Love Stinks by um, <laughs> by, now, by now, Jay Giles Band, no? That, that would Am I be wrong? appropriate for the singles, but uh, for the uh, couples in love, it's Endless Love. Ew. Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I so, know. This is a joint category, right? This is not just top love songs. This is top super sappy, over-the-top, syrupy love songs. Yeah, is that, yeah. That's what this category That's basically was. what it was. Okay, all right. That's what's right. happening. Uh, not I Will Always Love You by Donna Summer. Nope. I'm just saying. Nope. Could be. Anyway, uh, but it hasn't been around long enough. All right, uh, Steve, thanks so much for the update. 527 on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Um, man, I was watching. What was? Oh, <laughs> I didn't cut the clips yet, but Jon Stewart. Oh, my God, so funny. Jon Stewart is back on The Daily Show, in case you didn't know. And... Um, you know, it's not exactly that I can play you a lot. I mean, I can, but they're not as funny because 60% of what's funny about Jon Stewart is just his face. And the combination of what they're playing for the video, what he's doing with his hands, what he's doing with his face, you know, it it really is a TV comedy thing. And I don't think it translates as well. You know, to radio, but he's, God, he's so funny. <laughs> and the thing that can I can I tell you for those of you who hate John Stewart, um, everybody hates John Stewart. In this sense, okay, if you're a conservative, you hate John Stewart because he's going to make fun of conservatives. If you're a liberal, you hate John Stewart because he make make fun of liberals. And sure, he leans left. I mean, dur. Okay, um, he made ferocious fun of Joe Biden in the press conference. To prove that he didn't have memory issues, in which he proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt, he has memory issues, right? And it was it was vicious, and it was vicious talking about how you know, look, we got this under deposition, he can't remember things, and then he showed deposition tapes of all the Trump family not remembering things, you know. And like, what? Here's why people don't like John Stewart. Can I can I tell you honestly? They don't like John Stewart because they don't want to be shown that what they want to believe 
is not rational. And that what they want to believe does not hold up with the evidence and that there are kinks in the beliefs. John Stewart is pretty, I think, pretty well aligned with me in terms of overall worldview of things that matter. And by the, what I mean by that is, you know, not like beliefs about religion or beliefs about, you know, which side, which social issue is right. But in terms of beliefs about the role of reason, the role of evidence, that we ought to care about what the other side is saying, that some things really are funny, that satire is appropriate, but only appropriate when it is predicated on something true. I mean, that's what makes him a... I mean, he's a part of my tribe, even though we probably don't agree about a political thing at all. You've got to agree about that stuff first before you can have the other kinds of conversations we have about issues. Because that's the stuff that makes it possible to have a meaningful conversation about issues and evidence and who's got the right of things. Is an unashamed willingness to look at facts as they are, reason what it says, and to be honest about the flaws of your own view. I don't know. So, you know, I really like and admire, in addition to him just being funny, John Stewart. Welcome back, sir. Fox News, I'm C.J. Pop. The House Republicans throw the book at DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. The vote, 214 to 213. You heard it, sending that impeachment process to the Senate for trial. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley posting, quote, now it is time for Mayorkas to stand trial and Biden's open border policies with him. But President Biden is slamming the impeachment, saying, quote, history will not look kindly on House Republicans for their blatant act of unconstitutional partisanship that has targeted an honorable public servant. Fox's Brooks segment. Now, he's a congressman again. Democrat Tom Swazi beats Mozzie Pillup in a House special election replaced disgrace ex-lawmaker George Santos. America is listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531, 43 degrees and clear. I'm Steve Taylor from News Radio Pensacola. In light of the recent criticism directed toward Baptist Hospital's handling of the legacy campus, Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves says he's focusing in on a project that could transform the west side of the city as a whole. Uh, an opinion piece from FloridaPolitics.com paints the picture of the old campus as a symbol of corporate neglect and an albatross around the neck of Pensacola threatening to drag an already impoverished area further into despair, unquote. What I hope is that a lot of who's on first is, is going to be, uh, you know, really a moot point. Let's, if, we can, if we can get this property improved and we can leverage this as our community subsidy to provide affordable housing, um, I think every city in the state's looking for, for opportunities to do that at this kind of scale. Reeves' mission is to come up with the funds to cover the nearly $17 million in cost for the demolition. It appears that likely it appears likely the state will contribute about $5 million, while the city remains in talks with Baptists to contribute about $3 million. We're learning more about the suspect involved in a manhunt that ended up in Santa Rosa County and ultimately caused major delays on I-10 on Monday evening. 28-year-old Michael Nazario is charged with felony battery and two misdemeanor simple assault and resisting an officer. The Scambia Sheriff's Office says that they were called to Burlington Coat Factory on Davis Highway on Monday on a report a woman may have been kidnapped. When they arrived, Nazario had already left. A manhunt involving deputies from both the Scambia and Santa Rosa County. Uh, meanwhile, FHP made what they thought was an unrelated traffic stop with a reckless driver in I-110. 
the guy crashed and then he fled on foot into a wooded area. Um, yeah. We used our drone unit. Uh, I was hearing them directing the drone unit in, and we were able to guide uh, FWC to location uh, by boat to make an arrest because the guy went to a wooded area. Escambia Sheriff Chip Simmons, Nazario was taken into custody short before 8 p.m. on Monday night. The city of Pensacola's planning board is hearing about plans for a proposed condominium development that would be housed near the Three Mile Bridge. Philip Partington with SMP Architecture says the plan would feature twin tower condo buildings, each housing 48 units. Our units are range from two bedrooms in like the 1,200 square foot uh, range up to uh, larger three bedrooms that are 2,300 square feet. The plan is conceptual at this stage, and the planning board gave the green light to continue. The property at 920 East Gregory Street was put on the market for $2.9 million last year and currently shows it is in the category of sale pending. Let's check the forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. A nice sunny day for your Valentine's Day. Temperatures around 63 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 43. As you go into Thursday, sunshine continues with a high near 66. Thursday night temperatures dropping near 49. Some rain chances build in for the end of your work week with a 20% chance of rain on Friday, mostly in the evening hours. High on Friday near 66 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now 43 in Pensacola, 46 in Gulf Breeze, and 42 degrees in Milton at 534. The next news is at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, Dependable. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and installation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single-source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is real factory direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud. For a limited time only, when you buy more, you can save more. Visit NewSouthWindow.com to learn more. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable.
you know, if you just pick a substation, I'll pick Inslee substation. They're, you know, very close to, uh, very close to all three of our districts, and they're not, not too far. They're on Hood Drive by Walmart. Um, they are responding to multiple call-outs per day of criminal complaints, which may or may not end up being that uh, in fact, but they're, the complaints are alleging criminal, based on the parking, you know, this person is parking, is blocking my driveway. I can't get my truck through because the road is being blocked. They're responding to multiple calls per day related to parking, not apartment parking, but newer neighborhood, newer subdivision parking issues. Um, it is eating up a, a tremendous amount of their resources as well. This is Stephen Barry, Commissioner for District 5 at the Scammy County Commission meeting on Thursday talking about one of the things that they discussed, which is changes to the requirements for parking spaces for new builds under the Land Development Code. And um, one of the things he mentioned, as you heard there, is that, uh, you know, there's all these parking complaints taxing the resource of the Scamby County Sheriff's Office deputies having to respond to these concerns. And I had not been familiar with that until he said it. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I know there's parking issues. I just hadn't heard that it was such a stress on law enforcement. So I wanted to double check with our sheriff, uh, Chip Simmons, who joined us yesterday. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. How are you? I, I'm great. So just... Is that? I mean, he makes it sound like this is an all-the-time resource drain for y'all having to be called out on these parking complaints. Is that really that big of a deal for you guys? Is that common for you to have to handle those kinds of things? Yeah, I would say that's accurate. I say on a daily basis, we get a, on average, we get a couple of calls. Okay. Um, a few calls, I should say, probably throughout the county because we have a large area. Um, and it's probably more concentrated on the areas where there's not adequate parking. Okay. You know, a lot of these newer subdivisions, you can uh, – my son lives in one, and, and you just – don't have enough parking you, you can't you can't have a guest at all without blocking someone else's parking lot so if the county commission is looking at adding you know and, and i don't know all the rules that's yeah. why they have experts for that but if the county commission is looking at adding a requirement for more parking per residence of some sort i'm all for it because it, it does it does take up a lot of our time um and i would say that it's accurate that we get daily calls about parking and of course, he's and not going to get worse with that, right? And he's not even specific. I mean, they were talking about university, which is obviously that whole thing is is crazy. Um, but this is just in general across the county. I had not heard that, and that's why I was curious. I wanted to check with you since I had you coming in. Um, you guys have had a lot of incidents, so thank you for that. Uh, we've had a lot of incidents here in the last couple of days. Uh, I, for example, yesterday we had a um, big, I guess, manhunt on I ten. On the roadside, had a lot of vehicles. It was causing major traffic snafu yesterday. Yeah, we got a lot of calls whenever there's a large police presence, uh, yeah. whatever whether the location is. Uh, this one happened to be at Burlington Coat Factory. We get a call that there was a potential kidnapping that took place at the, the coat factory up there. So uh, we, we were responding up there. By the time we got there, um, the vehicle had left. Um, but FHP made what they thought was an unrelated uh, traffic stop of a reckless driver on Interstate 110. Well, I say it's traffic stop. They tried oh, to make on a traffic 110, stop. Oh, one ten, not on ten. Okay. Well, I, it was one ten, uh, reckless driving, and then ended up um, um, crashing in the area. I guess going over towards Santa Rosa County. Oh, so it did get up on it. Okay, yeah. I've read about that. All right, go ahead. Anyways, there was um, a guy crashed, and then he fled on foot into a wooded area. Um, we used our drone unit. Uh, I was hearing them directing the drone unit in, and we were able to guide. Uh, FWC to location uh, by boat to make an arrest because the guy went to a wooded area. Suspect was a Michael Nazario, and he had a VOP uh, for fleeing. Imagine that, right? Okay. So I ended up booking a violation of probation. Thank you. Yeah, So which means he was arrested prior for fleeing. Um, and then he was booked in the Santa Rosa County, and we're doing a warrant for our battery charges. And so that's, that was the situation of why we had such a big okay. All right. presence. Anytime you have something 
especially a fleeing vehicle on the interstate, you yeah. know, FHP, us, sometimes PPD, sometimes, you know, Santa Rosa County. So it, it could be, it can look like a lot. So we had a uh, suspect, we had a lot of vehicles, we had drone unit, we had boat involved, we went, you know, FWC, FHP, ECSO, you had a lot of interagency cooperation. I and mean, that's a, that's a lot of stuff uh, to be getting for that guy. We got to imagine, we, we thought it was a kidnapping at yeah. first, it was reported as a kidnapping. So um, when we have a, a, a case that's that severe, then, then, you know, we put that out to other, other agencies. Uh, much like they would in, in their jurisdiction. So everyone was already en route to that area. And then since they were already there, they helped us out. Um, something that had come or up. We helped them out, actually. Last week, you and I talked a lot about the chase policy changes and mm-hmm. about how these uh, stolen cars are getting used in drive-bys. And so from your point of view, preventing a stolen car from getting away is a way of thwarting the violence. It's a really a forced felony kind of prevention thing. And right. that's why you're doing more of the pits these days, the pit maneuvers, than you did before. But somebody asked me the question, uh, okay, so... I get that the sheriff's vehicles, you know, we repair those because that's just part of the operational expense. What about the private individual who's got got stolen and then gets damaged in the process? I, I mean, you caused the damage, but it's in law enforcement operations. Is it the thief who gets charged with that? Who pays for that? Is it just on the the car owner's insurance? I mean, it's not cheap to repair even just a dent quarter panel, you know. So, right. yeah, it's it's usually the insurance company uh, of the the vehicle owner. Okay. That, that that covers that. I and mean, we have a risk manager and we work with them on many of these things. And but but again, I don't think it's fair for taxpayers to 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 pay for that. Right. To pay for right. That I agree. So, I mean, you know, you we, know, we again the, the 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 other side of it is we let this this bad guy go when the damage they do to society is much more greater than what that costs. It, it was literally just I didn't know the answer somebody asked me and I thought I'd right. you know see how that cuz I didn't know the answer at all. Yeah, um, in, in fact, if if you said the bad guy pay for it. Now there's restitution, and, sure, and I would hope that they them, keep going yeah. for that. But but hopefully they're going to be in jail, you know, for for a while, and and they may not be able to pay it. So I here's again, if someone steals my car, crash it. Do what you need to do. Don't don't don't. don't <laughs> I don't want it back. You better total it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a friend who had his car stolen recently, and they 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 dropped it off and didn't do anything. Uh, we we think because they eventually decided that they thought maybe it was a cop's car. You know, because it had like you know, we support cops kind of right, stuff. Right, yeah. And they they stole it. Didn't think of it ahead of time. Stole it, and then anyway. Dish and uh, you know, I was like, "How much do you want that car back?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they, you know, it's expensive. Anyway, we also had a couple of shootings. Uh, one on Moore Avenue in Myrtle Grove, pretty serious one, right? Yeah, we had um, reports that two people were fighting near a car, and then we had a report, obviously, that shots were fired. And when we get there, one male is deceased, another had a uh, a, a gunshot wound. He's expected to survive. Um, we're talking to everyone that's involved, obviously talking to the one um, surviving victim. And we're still we're still trying to piece this together. We're working with the the um, medical examiner to get information on the um, you know the cause of death, obviously we know, but what we want to see if we can get maybe projectile from the the mm-hmm. body of the victim. Um, and then we do have some witnesses we've we've spoken to, but we ask if anyone has information to let us know because we're getting some conflicting statements on what took place. But uh, what we understand is that the individuals had a longstanding, uh, we'll call it a disagreement, um, over a girl, and and that never that's, ever that's, happens. That's, that typically is what what starts this thing. And there was some gunshots. So we're we're still trying to piece that one together. And then as we were piecing that one together, we get a call last night on Moore Avenue. Uh, there's a shooting. We go inside the, the house and end up finding an individual that's dead from a gunshot wound. We have, if if you're um, listening, we have on our Facebook page. Um, a couple pictures of two people that we think are persons of interest. Uh, we really want to talk to them. As you can uh, you can see, someone in the community knows who these people are, right. and and we're asking people to let us know 
you know who they are. We don't know everyone not yet. The um uh the other thing that's come up recently, and I just I wanted to ask you about it because until maybe two weeks ago, I'd never heard of these TrueNARC devices. Right. And now all of a sudden, you know, Sheriff Johnson says they've got a couple and they're wanting to order more. Um, I was listening to um, a guy who was representing the opioid abatement board talk with the Pensacola City Council about this. And he said that you all are ordering some, like he said, 14 of them for $490,000. Now, Sheriff Johnson had said they're more like eight grand a piece. That works out to be, you know, significantly more expensive. Um, but you're looking to get these. You've got them already. What's the status? Yeah, no, we went, I went before the, um, the board, this opioid mm-hmm. board that the, I guess the county commission uh, put in place. And I, I told them that I w- had a need for, I wanted 14 of these narcotics analyzers. It's so that, again, for your listeners, so that our, our deputies don't have to actually handle fentanyl because you've seen some stories and some, seen some news, um, I guess, news breaks about uh, deputies that, that were overcome by the fentanyl them, themselves. So, I didn't want my deputies to have to handle that uh, with them, themselves and our canines to have to sniff that. Right. Um, so these analyzers uh, can analyze, I don't know, hundreds of different drugs without you having to touch it. So that's what uh, I went before the board and asked for to, to purchase 14 of these things for 400 and some odd thousand dollars. We've purchased them. They're in. We're, we're getting trained uh, on how to use them now. Uh, the way this grants work is we buy them and then we get reimbursed by the, okay. the settlement, opioid settlement. And so, yeah, we're, we were kind of ahead of the game. Uh, I, as soon as I heard about it uh, at one of our conferences that we went to, I went back here and immediately set the, the, to request it. So I'm, Okay, I'm so you requested them months ago. Months I mean, ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, we've already a, ordered them, got them in, and we're waiting on training. It must be a brand new product. I mean, to, to suddenly show up and so it's, it's a relatively new on the on, uh, available technology, I guess. Yeah, that, that's my understanding. Okay. It's, 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 it's a very new thing. I mean, it's, it seems amazing to me that you can just wave a device over and it'll tell you it's fentanyl, that's cocaine, that's cocaine and fentanyl, that's cocaine, powdered sugar, fentanyl, and flour. I mean, you know, whatever. That's, that's why they're um, so expensive. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's at least in the Initial, the initial initial purchase. The um the last thing is I just wanted to give you a chance to talk because I know um with the shooting in Lakeland um you know in Houston Texas at the uh, Lakeland or Lakewood all of a sudden I can't remember Joel Osteen's church anyway uh, Lakewood sorry that um you know we talked to Sheriff Johnson about this yesterday but I just want to make sure that people know um, churches have been a target you know of various incidents in churches schools and big box stores seem to be the like the three big ones. Um, but you guys do all kinds of things to help churches become safer, right? And you got you'll anybody who wants help making their church secure, you'll help them with it, right? We have a we have an entire program based upon, and we call it safety in a place of worship. So yeah, mm-hmm. we go we go to a church if they would like, and the, or we also would host them at either our agency. So we have we have done both of them. A lot of times, if we host their security teams, we'll, we'll say hey, we're putting on one of these seminars at our agency. So we'd have representatives from. A number of different churches, but sometimes there's a church that's, that's rather big, and they really want kind of an assessment, and so we'll do our best to go out there. Well, we will go out there. We'll do our best to tell them what we think the best practices are and what we would suggest based upon our the training and experience that we have, but also based upon um, you know what we glean from other churches and what they're doing. And, and I assume you tell me if I'm wrong, but I assume that businesses, um, you know, organizations. I mean, anybody that's got people in one place could probably use to think a little bit about security, and you're glad to help them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and I, I think that, that you certainly should, should consider security if you're going to host an event um, or if you're going to have you know, large crowds at, at different locations. We, we do that a lot with the school districts from football games and that sort of thing. Right. We do it at the fair. Uh, we do it at the Blue Angels. We, 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 do, we coordinate a lot of these so security measures for a lot of these large events. And, and, and again, some of these churches are, as you said, a target 
Um, and we've worked with some of the Jewish synagogues over the last couple of, couple of months as well. And looking for a church particularly, the impulse is strangers are opportunities. We like people. We want to be open. We want to be welcoming. We certainly don't want to, you know, I mean, yeah. all, all the things that work in a church's advantage and interest in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and their mission, you know, this is stuff you don't necessarily think much about. And so thinking about it is kind of a, a helpful thing. Well, I'll tell you that, you know, not getting into specific security, obviously, for each individual church, but they've come a long way yeah. over the last couple of years yeah. of where where churches were, where it really wasn't even a thought. I mean, I was. Um, my I, I remember when you could drop a, drop a kid off at the nursery, and that's just you, yeah. here you go. Yeah, and, <laughs> back and, and, in the day. Hey, yeah. So it's almost like I can pick up little Johnny too. Okay, right, take exactly. Him. Sure, you can't, you know. you can't and, and for good reason. And I understand right, why, right. why now, but I can tell you that you know, going a lifelong church going. Um, individual that in the past that even though I was law enforcement, we never really gave much thought to security. We didn't think that someone would come in here and, and, right, and disrupt right. the church. Um, but now that, now, now that, you know, unfortunately these, these events have taken place, a lot of the, the leadership in churches are, are taking that, that very serious. And I think it's a good thing. Rightly. So Sheriff Bob, Sheriff Chip Simmons, I was just talking to Sheriff yesterday. Uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons, the Scamby <laughs> County Sheriff, sir, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks for keeping us safe. I appreciate it. You bet. Y'all take care. Nobody ever, ever messes up on live radio, not one time. Five fifty on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay, and if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, and I mean literally thinking about it, like that's the you know if you've already decided, obviously you know give Christina Leavenworth a call, make sure she's one of the couple of realtors that you talk to, and then you decide you know who do you think is going to give you better service. But if you're just thinking about it, you're not sure. You might be reluctant to. Ah, I don't want to waste her time. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to make a dent in her busy schedule. Dent it. <laughs> That's what she likes. She loves meeting new people. She always says, "I love sharing what I know and helping people make good decisions." And if the good decision for you is wait, she's thrilled about that. And if that means that you never become a client, I mean, great. So what? She just likes meeting people and helping them out. And you know, if you become a referral for somebody else, great. If you don't, great. It just. I know her heart. Her heart is to share what she knows and help people make good decisions and, you know, get their home sold or bought. And she does that, okay? 175 times last year, uh, you know, sold a home for people. That's pretty good, right? That's more than three a week. Uh, Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty, 723-9158. 723-9158. A better air filter on your air conditioner is nice, but it isn't enough. It takes a lot more than that to clean the air that you breathe. This is Todd with Gulf Coast Air Care. On Wednesday's Pep Talk, we'll talk about how to keep pollen, bacteria, and other pollutants out of your lungs. Remember what I always say, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Let's talk Wednesday morning at 9.30 on Pep Talk. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Pinner Credit Union is here. For every move-in day to the perfect home, Every trip up the coast in the perfect car. For every business door unlocked. Every dollar saved for something special. Every dream achieved one goal at a time. We're here because Pinair Credit Union has been a part of this community since 1936. And with affordable lending, flexible accounts, easy access, and smart guidance, we're a perfect fit for the way you bank. Join us at Pinair.org. You'll fit right in. Insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. When it comes to precious metals, there's only one place to consider, and that is Emerald Coast Coins. They're the local leader in dealing with coins and jewelry. 
gold, silver, diamonds, and sterling silver. Emerald Coast Coins buys, sells, and trades. And for the past 15 years, customers from all over the Gulf Coast have trusted Emerald Coast Coins for the best estimates and prices in town. Stop in today. They're on Creighton Road, right across from Tom Thumb. Emerald Coast Coins. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. You like rap music? Yeah, I like that. You like rap music? Well, turn around real slow then. I'm from the Rap Coalition of America. Now let's do a rap together. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Say, ow. Yeah, ow. I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type. When everyone believes ya, what's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. Wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. We're tight end. 554 here on News Radio 923. <laughs> local depend. Come on! Come on, you can't make Taylor Swift lyric jokes now? Is that is that not acceptable? 554. Let's see, what else do we have going on? Um, oh, I, I thought this was just a little bit interesting. Steve yesterday was uh, telling us about how the um, audience for the Super Bowl was so enormous, and it was enormous. Uh, most in history, second, let's see, it was the most people watching something other than the moon landing in history uh, at 123 million people. And I was kind of curious because you know I was I was curious what other things were the top broadcast. Well, the Super Bowl is the top broadcast like across the board. Super Bowl, oh, God, I'm with you, Steve, on these, you know, decoding the Roman numerals. Uh, after Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl 57, then Super Bowl 49, then Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I mean, seriously, the top 10 broadcasts other than the moon landing uh, are all Super Bowls. And then the MASH, final episode of MASH, was 106 million people back in 1983. God, it seems like that would have been the 70s. It's weird to think of that as 1983. And then a whole bunch of more Super Bowls. But I was curious about TV shows or just broadcast other than that. And apparently Nixon's resignation speech is right in this vicinity. Um, but Dallas final episode, uh, or the whodunit episode, sorry, was 84 million. Uh, one of the Cheers episodes was 80 million. The um, ladies fig- figure skating singles from the 1994 Winter Olympics was 78 million. Uh, Roots part eight was 77 million. I don't thought there were I don't remember how many parts of Roots there were, maybe nine. Uh anyway, and Seinfeld's finale was 76 million. But the one that caught my attention on this list is the one that is weirdly validating to me. The day after was number 5 on this list. Now, Jake, I think you're how old are you again? You're 32, 33? I was, really? I don't know. Oh man, you're my new favorite person, Andrew. 64? I don't know. At, at about yeah, I'm I'm in my 40s. Probably. Oh, all right, fair enough. But you probably oh, don't. You. you probably are not old enough to remember the day after. No. Yeah, no. that would have been. So you're in your 40s. Yeah, you would have been like two uh, or three. Uh, 1983, the day after. This was the you know the day after they fire the nukes. And it was oh. the post-apocalyptic. It was the it was the TV uh, drama movie, whatever that 
made everybody scared again about nuclear weapons after we hadn't been scared about nuclear weapons for a long time. And so people, you know, hey, those bomb shelters look like a pretty good idea. Uh, so that's I thought that was interesting. That was the number five other than the moon landing, the resignation, and the Super Bowls. 557 on News Radio 92.3. Steve Taylor's in the newsroom with our headlines. Steve? Well, January saw slightly higher than expected inflation rates. New government figures show the consumer price index rose three-tenths of a percent last month as Americans paid more for some of their goods and services. Paramount Global's laying off about 800 employees. Sources are saying the media company sent out an internal memo to employees yesterday saying, guess what? Yeah, about 3% of our workforce is going to be gone. And and here's our top story. Esteemed News Radio Pensacola Morning News guy David Wayne has welcomed the new arrival to their home. Yay. Yeah, he and uh, Kelly welcomed their little three pound, 10 ounce baby Caitlin to the world basically a week ago. Mom, dad, and the baby are all doing fine. And he will be back here in this chair on Monday. And I'll be back in bed at this time of the morning. <laughs> yeah, the. Um so uh, just over three pounds, almost four four pounds, obviously very small. Right. Uh, but, you know, she's been doing well. They've got her out of, obviously, they've got her out of the intensive care unit. She's and now a beautiful she's back home, baby. which is fantastic. Yeah. So we're so happy for him. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for the update. 558 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, this is just kind of one of those, like, I don't know exactly what to do with it stories, but I thought it was interesting, so I'd share with you. Starbucks is getting sued for deceptive advertising. Now, if I say that, what's your first thought? What aspect of their operation would you think would be deceptive? I would think maybe... My first thought was maybe pricing somehow or sizing or how, like, when you go and look at the menu, they only give you the price for the one size. They don't tell you the other price. You kind of have to ask, you know, Mm. and then you're, you know, you're embarrassed to ask because you don't want to seem cheap. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. But that's not it. It's because they claim that their coffee is 100% ethically sourced. And the lawsuit alleges that Starbucks um, sources coffee, beans, and tea leaves from cooperatives and, and arms that have committed documented severe human rights and labor abuses, including the use of child labor and forced labor, as well as rampant, egregious sexual harassment and assault. Oh. So that, um, according to Starbucks' current ethical sourcing policy, they've got to you know provide all their workers with a safe and healthy work environment. Uh, they cannot employ anyone under the age of 15. The company will not tolerate the use of any forced or involuntary labor. Uh, I don't know what the difference there is, either directly or indirectly by our suppliers, contractors, or subcontractors. But again, the lawsuit claims that they are in violation of that. Whether this goes anywhere or not is interesting, but I just thought, you know, Stream us that's at the lawsuit. News Radio 923.com. News Radio 923. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.